Welcome to Restored Life Radio. At Restored Life, we believe you were created for a great purpose with great promise and provision. That's why we're here. We're here to help you overcome the obstacles that keep you from the pinnacle you were meant for. And now, here's our Restored Life coach, Dwayne Wolfe. Uh, Ted Haggard uh, was pastoring one of the largest churches in America. He's at the forefront of evangelical leadership. Uh, He's an amazing leader. Uh, He's at the forefront of the world prayer movement. Uh, He's come out of an amazing network of ministers. Uh, Ted Haggard uh, had a tremendous uh, ministry, and yet uh, Pastor Haggard... Uh, acknowledges in a recent in a recent interview that he still has this problem within him of bisexual or homosexuality that this still plagues him to today and he says here that if he were alive uh, 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 and uh, uh, here's what he says if I were 21 years old in this society I would identify myself as bisexual. But he says because there is a law and because there's standards in God's word, uh, he's not going to live that way. He chooses not to live that way, but that's what's alive in his heart. Well, why? Why, why is there not a change? And, and I'm thinking that part of this is because of a failure to apply the principles we've been learning of renewing the mind, resisting the enemy, but also confessing that you're a new creation. I dare you. I, I, I give you, uh, you know, the 30-day confession challenge that you begin to find out who you are in the Word of God and begin to say only that and see if it doesn't go into your future to begin to create a new reality so that when you get there, you begin to receive and partake of and walk in the very thing that you begin to say, in line with the Word of God. Zachary Timms, another great minister who uh, was found dead uh, in New York City, pastoring one of our great mega churches in Florida, uh, but something went wrong. What was happening in his life? Certainly he knew the law. The law alone or knowing the law or God's law or God's righteous requirements is not enough to change your heart. It's not enough to change your inner core. It's not enough to have accountability. It's not enough to be caught. It's not enough to be embarrassed. It's not enough to to repent. All of these things have to work together, and now we're adding to it this very strategic key that you begin to confess over yourself what God says over you, that you begin to agree with God. That's what confession means as it pertains to the Word of God. Agree with what He says. Has said. Another problem with having a wrong confession or an evil confession or an old creation pre cross Adamic confession over your life is it contradicts God's method of change. It contradicts, we've been saying this, of course, but it contradicts God's method to bring about change, new life and transformation. Galatians 3, 2, and 3, Paul talks about this a little bit, that it's really faith and not works that will bring us into perfection and change. This is the one thing I want to find out, he says, from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, 
are you now being perfected by the flesh? Perfection can't come by the law. Perfection comes, change comes, come, uh, transformation comes as we agree with the Word of God, agree with who God has made us to be. Letter D, what's wrong with this wrong confession or an evil confession? It keeps you in fear of the disease. It keeps you subject to the disease instead of victorious over the disease. God has given you dominion. Romans chapter 5, 17, those who receive the abundance of grace will reign in life by Christ Jesus. So letter B, what is God's method to bring about change? Now, it's interesting about God's nature and the way God does operate and the way faith does operate with regard to change and transformation. And first of all, we might see or say that God does not deny a problem, but he's also not bound to its current state. His method of change is to release his word over a problem or a situation because his word has, it contains the DNA to bring about change and he's asked you to live the same exact way. So he's not bound by the current state of a problem. If you want to write that down, we're called to emulate him. For instance, and we give you the example of Genesis even, in Genesis chapter 1, uh, it says that God observes the earth and the earth is void and it is without form and darkness is there. Now, this would, be a, this would really be a bad prognosis for us. If we see something in our life, uh, he sees something, void, without form, darkness is hovering over it. This is, this is like bad news. This is a terrible forecast, right? But God is not bound by what does now exist. And the way to change what does now exist is not to deny its current state, but to superimpose his word over its current state. So this is where maybe I begin to think differently. I begin to confess differently. I begin to think, all right, I've struggled in this area. This seems to be a propensity, a weakness, a vulnerability. It seems to be that the law of iniquity, we've talked about iniquity, 267 times iniquity is mentioned in Scripture. Well, we see that iniquity is working within us, and this is a weakness or a propensity within our sinful nature. All right, so here's an area where, my, where, where there's a weakness within my sinful nature and an area where I've fallen prey to, but I'm going to superimpose the Word of God over that area of my life. I'm going to declare... And I'm going to do what God did. What did God do? When he saw this, God said, let there be light, and light came forth. So when God sees a problem, he's not bound by the current situation or the current circumstance or the current status of a thing, but his word, he superimposes it over it so that it will bring things into a realm of change. As a son of God, I too am now empowered to employ this principle and this power for change in my own life. So I look at, all right, I've really struggled with pornography. I've really struggled with sexual addiction. I really, and maybe I share that with a friend. That's part of transparency. That's part of accountability. I've really struggled in this area of covetousness. I've really struggled in the area of jealousy. You know, I've really struggled in the area of fear. So I share that. This is an area I've struggled in. This is an area where I've been vulnerable, but I'm believing for change. I'm declaring that my mind is pure. I'm declaring that my innocence is renewed. 
I'm declaring. And whatever the category is, as I agree with the Word of God, I confess that and I superimpose that over the top of this former lifestyle, this former way of living or thinking, and so that that Word becomes my future and my present reality. Letter C. In a God-like way, we see that your confession, my confession, determines the victory that I will experience in the new creation. Thanks again for tuning in to Restored Life Radio. We're so glad that you're with us. Restored Life Radio is brought to you in part by New Horizon Church. New Horizon is a church created for your restoration. We meet right off of the freeway in 5 Exit 137, central to the whole Puget Sound. Join us at New Horizon this weekend and come and visit our website, www.newhcc.com. That's newhcc.com. Come and discover a new horizon with us. If you want to call us by the telephone, 253-922-1502. We'd love to hear from you, love to connect and get you to the Restored Life Seminar. As we've said, confession means to speak, but in the context of the Bible, it means to say the same thing God is saying about yourself, fill in the blank there if you would, about yourself and about life, and about, if you want to fill this one in, about each essential tree of life, and about your purpose, about His promises, about relationships and about everything. This, the speech of agreement, is how we release the power. Fill that one in. This is how we release the power of the new creation, the new self, and begin to taste of the resurrection life. We begin to taste of the resurrection life with the speech of agreement. Confession, the speech of agreement, is the expression of the renewed mind. This is how we express the renewed mind. I want my mind, and remember when we say mind, out of Romans chapter 12, we really mean the totality of the soul. I want my renewed mind, will, emotions, reasoning, and imagination to be expressed in the new creation, and I'm going to express that with the speech of agreement. When the renewed mind is expressed in faith and in the speech of faith, then the inner nature and the patterns of the inner nature begin to change. Number one, when you confess what God has said about you, you're releasing the seeds of God to grow. These seeds will determine the future and control your destiny. There's so many verses we could talk about here. I've got a couple listed. Isaiah 55:11. so shall my word be which goes forth from my mouth. This is what God says. He says, my word will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the manner for which I sent it. Now think about that. Your words are meant to be sent from you to accomplish something and to succeed in what you send them out to do. When you say, I'm stable, and God gives me stability, those words are sent out from you to create a stability before you, and so they will succeed when they're sent out in faith. They will succeed in the manner of which they are sent out. When you say, I'm self-controlled, when you say, I'm prospering, when you say, my relationships are getting better and being mended, when, when you declare the Word of God or things that agree with or in alignment are in alignment with the Word of God 
over your life, those seeds will determine your future and control your destiny. Number two, confessing what God has done uh, for you is coming into covenant with him. This is like coming into covenant with him. Uh, Jesus said that everyone, and you've got the verse here, Matthew 10, Jesus said, everyone who shall confess me before men, I will also confess him before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever shall deny me before men, I will also deny him before my Father who is in heaven. So this is, uh, this is interesting, but this is, this is a powerful way to look at the oath of the covenant. That you're in covenant with God, and every covenant is sealed with an oath, and that oath pertains to the promises. Remember the oath of a marriage. If you're, if you're married, you had an oath to the marriage, and the oath contained many promises. I'll be with you in sickness and health. I'll be with you till death. I'll be with you uh, in uh, riches or poverty. Uh, and you commit yourself to the person with promises, and the promises are the essence of the oath of the covenant. So here, here, this is part of how we understand covenant terminology, covenant power, covenant life, and how we tap into the life of the power of the covenant is that when we confess Jesus as our life and we confess his ability and his grace as ours, then we come into a fullness of covenant with God. So don't think of confessing Jesus as, oh, I got saved, oh, I got born again, and I confess Jesus. No, every day, every day there's opportunity to confess Jesus is my recovery. Jesus is my restoration. Jesus is my healing. Jesus is retribution. Jesus is my uh, reward. Jesus is watching over, taking care of my enemies. Jesus Jesus is my future prosperity. In every way, there's instances where, where we do this and we're coming into covenant with Father and expanding our understanding and the power of the covenant as we do this. This is, uh, if you want to fill this in, accepting what Jesus has done for you and given to you in the new covenant. And this is humbly receiving uh, his his gifts, if we don't humbly receive uh, his promises and his gifts, then they do us no good. We have to humbly receive them, and we receive them by acknowledging them. Restored Life is the ministry built and developed, designed to help you rebuild your foundation and restore your garden. We know that every single person faces sabotage, difficulties, every kind of obstacle and oppressive power to harm and to ruin their future. And so we are here to help you get restored and discover how to walk in restoration. Call us today, 253-922-1502, 253-922-1502, and ask about the Restored Life classes today. Number three, confessing the new creation over your life. That is, he gives me freedom, he liberates me, he delivers me. Uh, confessing the things that agree with the Word of God. These, this, this, this choice uh, uh, 
confessing the new creation releases not only creative power, we've talked about that, but it releases sustaining power. So the very thing that you say not only will create and go before you to create your future and reorder your inner being, but it will also sustain you. God's word, uh, uh, Hebrews 1 here says that he is the radiance of his glory and he, Jesus, the exact representation of his nature, the nature of God, and he upholds or sustains, he upholds all things by the word of his power. His word, his word has power and his power has word. The two work together and all things are upheld and sustained by the word of his power. Likewise, it is with us when we release a thing, when we say a thing, when we declare a thing, not only does it go from us to create or to change our reality, but it will sustain the very thing and uphold the very thing that it creates. Number four, confessing God's word and confessing what God has done for us and confessing the new creation realities and the promises of God it brings those promises into manifestation. This is how this is how there comes a tangibility. And I'm just giving you scripture after scripture. Romans chapter 10. Here it says that if we believe in our heart, it will result in righteousness. But if we confess with our mouth, it will result in salvation. The word there is sozo. It means to be delivered from the old and to be delivered into the new. It's the picture of coming out of bondage and Egypt and coming into the promise and the promised land. So salvation, the deliverance, the manifestation of a thing comes as we confess and agree. Number five, confessing the word will determine the habits and the behaviors of your body. This is another interesting thing. Not only is your inner nature changed, but your body's listening. So not only is your inner nature changing, not only is your future changing, not over, not only is your present changing, but the desires, the passions of your body is also changing. And James 3 here, uh, or James uh, in chapter 3, uh, says that we direct our entire body just as ships are directed by a rudder with the tongue. The tongue. The way you talk and what you say is directing your entire body. So it's not just affecting your soul. It's not just affecting your future, but your entire body. Letter E here, I've listed several keys to a confession that produces, these are critical for us. Number one, discover what God has said or what he is saying. Now, this goes back uh, to renewing the mind. This goes back to knowing the truth. Uh, This goes back to study topically. This goes back to knowing your dysfunction and the reasoning that went with it. And now you're discovering what God has said or what God is saying about the new creation life for you, and now you're going to begin to say that. Discover what God God has said or what God is saying. Jesus says, have faith in God. Essentially, Jesus is saying, have faith in what God has said. And then truly, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it shall be granted him. If you believe what God has said, And God has said even something that's big, something that's huge, and it pertains to the moving of mountain, 
If you believe that in your heart, if you declare that, then it shall obey you, it shall be granted you, it shall come to pass. Number two, number two, mix patience with your faith. In almost every reference to faith in the New Testament, there's a reference to the word patience, endurance, steadfastness, something to do with patience. Hold fast your faith. There's some reference because faith is like a seed, and when these seeds are planted, it will take time for them to grow. There won't be an instant incubation period. There will be a season of growth with the seed that is sown, and so, therefore, we have to mix a steadfast, enduring patience with our faith as we say it, because you're your passions, your desires, and your life's not going to change necessarily overnight. But it will change, and it will change quickly. Hebrews 6.12, Do not become lazy, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what is promised. Luke 8.13, Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. They're not patient. Peter, as he got up out of the boat and he was headed to Jesus across the water and began to sink, Jesus rebuked him and he said, Why did you have a short burst of faith? That's an understanding of the translation. You had sprint faith. You had a short burst of faith. You needed, you needed marathon faith. Many times when we think about the changes that we're believing for in our heart, in our life, our circumstances, we need marathon faith. And then number three, to go along with that, hold on tight to your confession. Hold on tight. To, don't let anyone, anything, any reasoning, any demon, don't let once you say, once you begin to declare your new creation and the promises of God over your life, do not let anything steal that. Hebrews 3, 6, but Christ is faithful as a son over God's house, and we are his house if we hold on to our courage and the hope of which we boast. Hold fast your confession. We're instructed to hold fast. And the picture there uh, is like a man uh, on the end of a rope, and uh, maybe you're dangling over a cliff, a cliff, and you're on the end of a rope, and you're holding fast. Or a man uh, in a tug-of-war contest, and you're holding on, and you can feel that rope pulling on your hands, and, and you can feel maybe a little bit of a rope burn, uh, but you're not letting go. You're going to hold fast to your confession. Now, if you'll do these things, and I give you now the confession challenge. Remember, as we talk about confession, we're not just talking about speech, but we're talking about agreement with God. The word confess comes from the term meaning to come into agreement, to say the same thing as God has said. 
This is what we're told to do in Romans chapter 10. And we're just praying right now that you are aligning your heart, your confession, your speech to agree with God. It's not up to you. It's not all up to you. Certainly, you're not the creator, but God has created and set in motion certain things, even when he wrote in his book all about you. It says there's been a book that's been written about you. All of your days have been framed. And guess what? They're framed with joy, provision, blessing, and love. And we want to get into agreement with what God has spoken over us. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And when we agree with his testimony, we begin to enter into a new and a dynamic life. We invite you. Change your confession. Join the restored life and begin to live at a higher level. God bless you. Write down positive confession. Jot them down. Begin to say them. And take 30 days and say nothing but positive words over yourself, over your life, over, your, over every one of those 11 essential trees of life. Say nothing but positive. Say nothing but promises. Say nothing but the Word of God over those things. Do it for 30 days to the best of your ability and see that it will not begin to produce fruit and change you from the inside out and change your future and your circumstances so that as you begin to arrive there, you begin to taste of the fruit there, the fruit that you've sown. Amen. God bless you. You've been listening to Restored Life Radio. For more information on the Restored Life Institute, contact us at 253-922-1502.